Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. Welcome back, Legends, to another episode of the Between Two Barrels podcast. I am one of the hosts, Opie, and joined by the co-host and manager, B-Low. What's up, B? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Uh, coming in after my first round of physical therapy, mm-hmm. um, hopefully the the first of few at $45 a pop, even on a copay. Mm-hmm. Um, that can add up really quickly whenever they're wanting you in a couple of times a week, at least for a few weeks. So, um, trying to do anything and everything I can to, to (laughs) get my, uh, uh, health status Mm -hmm. in that aspect, uh, back up to par because I don't need, uh, that type of, uh, hit to the whole wallet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, um, of course we have been going through some nasty weather in town the last few days. Uh, hope everybody's doing well, uh, have not had to deal with any of the side effects of said weather, uh, whether it be fallen trees or God forbid, uh, hopefully no one in this area had to deal of course with any kind of flooding, if any. Well, Gallenberg did. Oh, good Lord. If you haven't seen it on social media, and I'm sure that you probably have, knowing how um, I've been able to see TikToks and stuff from all over the country of people posting about the black BMW mm-hmm. uh, in Gatlinburg and people knowing exactly what that's yeah. all about, then I'm yeah. sure you've seen the uh, videos and images of just how far the river got up there at the aquarium. Uh, around No Way Jose's and stuff like that to the point to where it was coming up over the walk bridge um, there at the aquarium. And in one video I saw, I actually saw a guy walking across one of those footbridges with the water like splashing somewhat up onto it. It wasn't completely over it yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but insane. Uh, Even behind us here on the Little Pigeon, which that is the same yeah. river uh, coming down through Gatlinburg, just a different fork. Um, but where the two forks of the Little Pigeon connect is not even a mile away from mm-hmm. us uh, going that direction. Uh, just over here at the Wilderness, they're doing some construction just below the Wilderness Resort, and they have one of the uh, large four-wheel drive forklifts um, one of these massive pieces of machinery. And as I was on my way home yesterday, I happened to look over 
because I was like, man, that's that that water trap, that water hazard's got a little bit of. That's not a water hazard. That's the entire freaking river, man, coming up through there. Um, and yeah, this piece of equipment was all but submerged. There was probably two feet of the top of the the cage where you would mm-hmm. sit in to operate this piece of equipment that was out of the water. Um, Rippling Waters Campground, just down here. Um, near uh carm uh the yeah. carm thrift store yeah yeah, yeah. they had built a stuff. yeah uh, they had built a berm uh a uh, uh, land berm mm-hmm. uh kind of like a, a a dam if you will to keep water from coming up over into the campground didn't help Jeez. yeah they had done this a couple of years ago just to try to avoid this very thing and yeah it didn't help in any capacity because that whole campground was flooded itself so, and there were one or two uh, campers that I saw out in that area. Thankfully, it wasn't up into what would be the camper. Um, it was still in what would be the wheel wells. But, yeah, that yeah. whole area did have sitting water down in it. So, Jeez. Yeah, I, know, I, I know Maddie showed me some videos last night uh, of how bad Gatlinburg got and uh, into Pigeon Forge and all that. And I, I was shocked to... I was honestly shocked that more of like the old mill area wasn't flooded bad. Oh, uh, I b- bet the wheel was spinning yeah. like none other though. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday would have been a good electricity day if we still did it that way. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it's weird to think that we we were supposed to have you know, and they said that this would be like an El Nino winter. And it was supposed to be an absolutely devastating winter and all that. And, I mean, winter's far from over. But imagine what all this would be if it were freezing temperatures. It's like all this precipitation is crazy, and it flooded everything. But think about 10 degrees difference, maybe less than that, kept it from being, like, blizzard-like weather. And us buried in ice and snow. Oh, yeah, we we would have definitely had to. Um, Like I said, winter's winter's far from over, but it's just crazy to think that, like, we had colder temperatures um, in, like, October than we have in December and January. It's weird weird to think about that. But uh, I'm a firm believer, though, that if it's going to be a certain temperature cold... Just give me some snow to look at right. and watch, to be pretty, to you know play in if we if if we have to close. But if you're gonna be if you're not gonna snow, don't be cold. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, I I don't like extreme heats, but I'm also like, if if you're not gonna snow and be pretty, I'd rather you be like, in the 60s or at least, you know, not in that just just over the line of this isn't freezing it's rain instead and windy that's that's more annoying to me than extreme temperatures on either side right annoying oh, yeah. to me is like oh, it's it's not cold enough to snow but it's it's you know it's cold enough to be annoying and kind of cut to your bone and and the wind has been crazy the the wind gust that we've had is is what's worried me more because that's what knocks stuff down yeah and i'm actually uh, glad that you added that part to it because i'm definitely thankful uh for sure and i know that my wife is and the fact that this go around 
at least in our area uh, where we yeah. live now uh while we did sustain some some wind gusts uh 40 plus mm-hmm. uh, 40 to 50 um it stayed relatively low key as far as that stuff and was definitely going in a different direction than than what we had to deal with uh about this time a couple months later yeah. uh, last year yeah. whenever we just moved into the house and mm-hmm. had uh the trees fall and everything else so definitely thankful that 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 wasn't the case amidst all of this stuff and i haven't heard as many um trees coming down this go around than what we did the last time but yeah with all the rain coming in softening up the ground um and then that heavy wind Mm. a lot more chance of instead of something breaking it just completely uprooting which is what i had happened to me to begin with or um last year uh but yeah um any bodies of water uh, especially flowing bodies of water, just a feel for the people that were really close to any of those. Oh yeah, like there's a there's a way I go home on Douglas Dam that uh, kind of as you're getting past uh, this this really nice farm area and where these like storage and all that and there's like a toy drop off area for like donations and stuff. As you start to go down there's this uh area that like if it's flooding like that whole area is is kind of touch and go so uh I, I was at least glad that i was on on the other side of douglas dam and work and i was away from work and and closer to home when a lot of the bad stuff started to to build up right around the pigeon river and all that but uh yeah uh, if 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 you have any damage uh very sorry for you i hope everyone's staying safe out there in this weather especially in this area it's still uh you know it's it's a wild time weather wise in in the in the southeast always it doesn't know what it wants to be when it wants to be it uh but there's still some great stuff going on like ober is still open got the snow going on and Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely stuff happening. Definitely cold enough for the the natural stuff to be falling up there, mm-hmm. uh, w- and with it being the higher elevation, it it hangs around at this point. Um, but they've also done uh, some of the pseudo mm. uh, pseudo powder um, yeah. up there as well. So I mean, it's definitely covered. Uh, you're more than welcome to go out and get your powder fix in, uh, whether it be on a snowboard, skis, tubing, however you want to experience it and take it in. Uh, definitely available up there but if you find yourself being in the area not during the winter time um we've mentioned it on the show before you can actually go over on the teaster lane and do mm-hmm. the uh was it pigeon forge snow mm-hmm. where they have year-round indoor indoor snow tubing uh if you can imagine a, a building being refrigerated or, or air conditioned enough uh, to where it stays cold enough to maintain snow year-round real fun place to to go experience so if you get the opportunity definitely recommend going and checking that out as far as her stuff here at Mm -hmm. tennessee legend distillery if you haven't listened to any of the last couple of shows uh gonna catch you up really quick but not get into too much detail nothing new as of yet in terms of new products or anything like that we have slightly augmented uh store operating hours once again Mm -hmm. um we are now holding off on opening until 10 a.m. and that is uh, at any given location none of the locations are going to be open any earlier than 10 a.m. at any point 
Um, and we are closing right now at 8 p.m. Sunday through Thursday. Friday and Saturday we close at 8 p.m. So if you are going to be in the area anytime for the foreseeable future, make sure and stop in and see us during those operating hours. Um, and as far as any kind of new products whatsoever, we do still have a few products uh, with our partner Anthem Spirits that we are looking forward to at some point in time during this first quarter leading into second quarter this year. But as far as any new flavored, really flavored products for Tennessee Legend Distillery, we're not anticipating anything like that again until sometime later in the third going into fourth quarter. But we do have several products that are going to be released by Tennessee Legend Distillery this year. They are just not specifically uh, flavored products. Uh, but we do have a a barrel-aged agave spirit that we are planning on releasing this year. Uh, so if you're a fan of our agave source Rex, we are going to have a bourbon barrel-aged version of that one available. And we are also doing a honey-finished version of our king snake. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. So yeah, some really great products uh, that we're definitely excited and looking forward to for this season. So... As far as some other local news, um, not a whole lot going on right now. Of course, it is the time of year, as we've mentioned on previous shows, where several of the theaters around town are using this time of year to do any kind of necessary repairs, updates, deep cleans, uh, and, of course, getting into rehearsals. They've spent a couple of weeks after the first of the year taking a little bit of a break because these entertainers in this town, really anywhere in this in a tourism-type town, uh, those people are working their tails off for a bulk of the year. Uh, if you ever wonder what it's like to be a live theater performer uh, for a show that plays seven days a week, just think about it this way. You're working while all of your friends, family, relatives are normally off of work. Mm -hmm. uh, and your your normal operating day is, is from like 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on what your show schedule is. Uh, is like your breakfast time, yeah, and then it progresses from there. You know, you're not getting to bed until one, two, three o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. most instances, uh, and and your life is just a complete flip flop of what the the normal nine to five Monday through Friday grind is. So, um, any point in time you come in and see any of these shows, uh, just keep that stuff in mind that those folks are there strictly to to make sure that you are able to have an opportunity to forget your normal stresses and the wear and tear of your daily life so uh just be patient if they seem like they're having a little bit of an off day or something like that they're not allowed to show it they have to make sure that they present yeah. the fun happy friendly face all the time so whether it be at one of the shows whether it be at a place like dollywood or if you're going to florida and going to universal disney out on the west coast hitting disney out there whatever the case may be just keep in mind, like I said, these folks are there strictly for your entertainment. Don't be dicks. Yeah, basically, don't be a dick. Uh, so on the last episode, we had a great uh, breakdown uh, about the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis Presley, and had a visit from our uh, resident uh, Elvisologist. I like how you had put that in yeah. the, the promo yeah. for the yeah. episode Elvisologist Mallory our merchandise manager uh, learned a lot of cool little hidden things and uh, uh, if you're a Patreon member you learned even more because we had a much more extended conversation with her uh, and much more extended deep dive into Elvis for the Patreon than we did for that regular recorded episode and 
You can become a Patreon member for as little as a cup of coffee a month, and you're going to get the back catalog that's already been done and future things like deleted scenes, uh, longer episodes, uncut, unedited versions of episodes, bloopers, behind-the-scenes looks, gifts from Tennessee Legend Distillery and Studio 66, depending on what tier that you join at. So many different things uh, available for different tiers. So if you want to become a Patreon member, you can go to our website, tldstudio66.com, and uh, find us on the support page and and find out how you can become a Patreon member. Uh, However, what are we getting into today, B? Well, we are going to try to discuss and do as much justice as two over 35 plus white men can (laughs) do for this topic. Um, And I mean that in in all sincerity. I mean, there's really... We cannot, in any capacity, as two men, Mm. even begin to scratch the surface uh, of what women have felt throughout history. And just for them to be able to go through the fights and endure the sheer crap that they had to deal with just to be able to claim to have a voice. Yes. Uh, of course, we are going to be getting into women's suffrage mm-hmm. today. And like I say, as far as that, it just, we don't want to do anything to make anyone upset or to mess up in any no. capacity with this. So we are going to make sure that we keep this particular episode doing nothing but paying homage in any capacity to all of the strength or the, the struggles the trials and tribulations that women throughout history have had to deal with just to be able to, and still have to continue to this day. I mean, yeah. it's something that has not ended in no. any capacity. Uh, the the just sheer crap, like I said, that women have had to deal with throughout history just to be able to be viewed in any capacity mm. as an equal to men. Absolutely. In general. If you want to look as to, to when and where... Um, women's suffrage really began uh, and it honestly cannot be defined by a single point in time because through some of my reading and stuff like that this goes back to to ancient Greece Mm -hmm. in times to where uh, um, women were allowed to in a sense sit in but still were not taken as seriously as they should be Mm -hmm. um uh uh Abbesses, I believe, is the the terminology, yeah. um, to where they, like I said, they were able to sit in, you know, their uh, their husband or whatever the case may may be off in battle or something like that, uh, and they were able to sit in in that instance. But it almost seemed like it only counted as like half a vote at that point in time, or not even a full. Or we'll take it into consideration, just kind of paying lip service by saying okay well we recognize no we don't and it's something that's the same way today um and one of the most recent things that that is very evident in is the amount of men especially after the golden globe awards that just dismissed or were were making comments and even the 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 jokes that yeah. uh, uh, Joe, Coy Joe Coy wound up making during the opening monologue and throughout about the Barbie movie. 
And I personally have not seen it. My wife has watched it multiple times. Mm -hmm. But I have listened to her talk to me about it and how it's made her feel and everything else. And just the fact that so many people have missed the mark about what that movie was supposed to be about or what that movie is about Mm -hmm. that I could imagine that the number of people that the number of women, I can't say people, the number of women that have put so much effort into trying to get a specific point across just for it to fall flat is just heartbreaking the little bit that I, I, I went back and watched some of the things of the Golden Globes, uh, it, it's it's really a travesty that all that hard work and dedication was put into not just Barbie, but uh, all movies that women were either in charge of or participated in. And to some men, it's, and predominantly a lot of Hollywood, it's still just not taken serious enough. Well, it's something that had to be dealt with with the Wonder Woman movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Patty Jenkins went through a lot of that. And, I mean, there have been people who have kind of shunted and, and, you know, technically the head of Lucas Films right now is Kathleen Kennedy. Everyone talks about Filoni and all that. And we're like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, Filoni does great stuff, but, like, this is also Kathleen Kennedy's ship, uh, but we don't focus on that as much. And I think that her being a woman has it. I mean, I've, I've had my own things to say about, like, the sequels and a lot of what modern Star Wars is compared to what it was when I was a kid. But you're going to have that with, with a fan base. But at the end of the day, like, this is a very successful woman who's running Lucasfilms. Right. And we don't pay attention to that as much as we talk about what Dave Filoni's done for Star Wars or what Feige's done for Marvel. Or, and it's like, no, dude, this woman is laying it down and continuing Star Wars into this day and age and working hard on it. And it just seems like not just with the voting, but like even their work and their compensation is still to this day not seen as equal and as two men who who are feminist supporters and and allies and respect the the women culture and love the women culture and always want them to be by our side as opposed to behind us Mm -hmm. it's weird to see and and even when you have men speaking up for women it's like the first thing we kind of get asked is you know why right or or what do you care you're not a woman yeah but i want to i want to help i want to advocate same thing for race or other religions Mm -hmm. or or things like that it's like uh, okay why you know shut up like why not you're you're a white man in america you shouldn't be bitching and complaining about anything because you've got you've got it cozy like okay but if we the comfortable people don't start speaking right in this instance (laughs) if i have white privilege i'm going to use that privilege to speak out for (laughs) these people these marginalized people and it's no different and you know there are things that are no different in 2024 than they were in the 50s and 60s right you know when a lot and and before that when a lot of these uh, women's suffrage battles were happening like they might have the right to vote now but they're still marginalized by our society and there are still ways that 
in the overlooked in the or, workplace yes, in the entertainment exactly. industry in sports. I mean, look at it. Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa guard, yeah. has broken so many records, so many collegiate basketball records, not basketball women's records, basketball but records. basketball mm-hmm. records. She even has stuff over NBA players, NBA records right now. So once she does get in there, because... She's not a part of the WNBA or yeah. NBA now. And that's something else. I mean, why? Yes, I know that there has to be a line, a division, mm. but why not have just the NBA or and the NBA women's division? Mm. Why do you have to call it the Women's National Basketball yeah. Association? Like its own thing. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a situation to where... These people have gotten, or these people, these women have gotten more accolades mm-hmm. and done greater things than men have accomplished in the same sport, yet they're never going to wind up getting the recognition mm-hmm. for having actually beaten what these records are because it's viewed as a different, here more air quotations, as a different, different organization. Oh, that that may be a, a a a good record for the WNBA. No, jackass! I've done this in, mm-hmm. in whatever capacity. I don't care what it is. I have been able to perform this more than what it's a record for your ability has. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look back as far as historical significant points in time um at least during major record keeping points in time uh some of the f- the the first actual independent country to introduce women's suffrage uh would have arguably been Sweden uh and in Sweden conditional women's suffrage was in effect during the age of liberty which would be 1718 to 1772 wow um, so an idea, of course, like I said, before we even going, country. yeah, well back to ancient Greece, yeah. but being something that, like I said, in part of the intro, it's something that can't barely be pinpointed mm-hmm. as far as like, we can't claim women's suffrage as, as a U.S. thing no. in any capacity. I mean, cause this is something that is transcends just this country and transcend transcends traditional record keeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, history and who's to say that some had not been taken place beforehand and just those records were either lost or destroyed uh, in the the uh, fires of Alexandria well I mean it was also known that even the Hun army one of the largest armies in the history of our our existence as a planet the Huns held their women in higher regard than America does Oh, absolutely. Like Hun women were allowed to lead armies and lead their own villages and be the leaders of. It wasn't a, 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 a sex or a, a gender or, or an orientation or a race thing. Like, they respected, like, leadership and, like, oh, you know, she's clearly the smartest out of all of us. doesn't matter if she's a woman. She's our leader. Right. The Hun army, one of the scariest, dangerous things in our history, had women leading it. But all you hear about is Attila the Hun. Right. Because men write history. Right. So and and even 
like an opposing side. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got our asses handed to us by some lady. It was Attila. It was no, yeah. No, no, I'm no, not going to write that gonna in write history. That. I'm not going to be going down in history as the 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 dude that got his butt kicked by some chick. Mm-hmm. No, of oh. course they're going to wind up writing that it was a guy that wound yeah. up doing it. But yeah, it, it's and and to be honest, in in that aspect, as far as a a, a battle and stuff like that. Honestly, someone that can carry a child and deal with all the stuff that has to go along with that. Yeah. And then the regular monthly stuff. Why would you... The the intestinal fortitude that it takes to have to deal with that stuff, why would you not want to be supported of somebody that could withstand that type of stuff? Yeah. I I mean, I truly believe that there's the stronger gender than we are. Because, I mean, we get... I mean, yes, a lot of a lot of men get get the flu man, or, or something. We're not gonna get into man oh, sickness and stuff yeah. like that, but no, I mean, as far as as far as pain endurance and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, by far, uh, exactly. women are a lot more capable of being able to do that, but also maintain a level of sanity to where men would typically wind up going more. Uh, full-on emotion-driven mm-hmm. as opposed to intellectually driven. Exactly. Uh, after they got to that particular point of pain or exactly. whatever the case may be. So some other highlighted moments uh, throughout women's suffrage. More recently, <laughs> if you can consider this recently, uh, in 1756, Lydia Taft became the first legal woman voter in colonial America. This actually did occur under British rule in the Massachusetts colony, and in a New England town meeting in Uxbridge, Massachusetts, she voted on at least three occasions. Unmarried white women who owned property, excuse me, could vote in New Jersey from the dates of 1776 to 1807, but as you'll find throughout history, the ability was granted and given, but subsequently also taken away multiple times. So it was like, for whatever reason, it seemed like it was done during times to where it was it was beneficial for a particular side of an yeah. argument. So, okay, how are we going to uh, best be able to ensure that our side of this argument is victorious in this? Well, is it a topic that, that women have a, a, uh, a higher interest in? Yes. Give them the opportunity to yeah. vote on it. If we can win, give it to them. I mean, it's, I don't want to get fully political about any of this, but I mean, it's kind of difficult to not to. But it's like a, a, a political candidate now trying to find some sort of common ground with a minority. Yes. Exactly. In any capacity. And that's how they wind up. How do they secure the minority vote? You hear people talk about it on the news and stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. How are they going to go about securing the minority vote? Or the, or the disenfranchised vote. Yeah. The people who just don't care. How are yeah. you going to get them drawn in? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like the same type of thing. Oh, now that it, back then it was since they didn't have the right to vote, oh, let's just give them the right to vote, and then we'll be able to get their vote if we mm-hmm. give them the right to vote because we gave them the right to vote. Yeah. 
And then it comes around to a, a, a political figure that had something, well, if they voted on this, then it's not going to go our way, so you don't have the right to vote yeah. anymore. Now we're going to take it away. And that was done in throughout history and throughout several different countries. Yeah. It was given, it was taken, it was given, it was taken. In 1792, actually during uh, that same portion of time uh, when uh, that Lydia Taft was mm-hmm. able to, uh, well, at least as I said, documented, th- voted on three occasions uh, during what would be a um, uh, twenty, little over a 25-year time period. Um, in the 1792 elections in Sierra Leone, then a new British colony, all heads of household could vote, and one-third of them were ethnic African women. So, oddly enough, as far back as the late 1700s going into the early 1800s, African-American women, or in this African, in this case, because Mm -hmm. it wasn't established as African-American, but African women had an opportunity to vote and all heads of household, even if they were a woman, were given the opportunity to vote at that point in time. And once again, another situation to where it wound up being revoked. Yeah. So just another political facet to where, oh, it's going to be to our benefit if they can vote. So we're going to give them the opportunity to vote. But once it no longer serves the purpose for us, no, oh, yeah, it's taken away. Yeah. Um, some other early instances of women's suffrage include the Corsican Republic in 1755, the Pitcairn Islands of 1838, the Isle of Man, oddly enough, in 1881, and Franceville, 1889 through 1890. So just a singular year that they were given the opportunity to be able to vote, and then it's taken away. Uh, but some of these operated only briefly as independent states and others were not clearly independent. So it was a situation to where even at that point in time on a locale level, mm-hmm. they would give women the opportunity to vote. Uh, so in a certain parish or a certain you know village or whatever the case may be, women did have more of a voice, but it wasn't recognized on any sort of statewide countrywide, national-wide, international-wide level at any point in time until we get into the 20th century. Yeah. Of course, the seed for the first women's rights convention in the United States in Seneca Falls, New York, was planted in 1840 when Elizabeth Cady Stanton met Lucretia Mott at the World Anti-Slavery Convention in London. The conference refused to seat Mott and other women delegates from the U.S. because of their sex. In 1851, Stanton met temperance worker Susan B. Anthony, and shortly the two would be joined in the long struggle to secure the vote for women in the U.S. Of course, Susan B. Anthony uh, memorialized on uh, stamps, mm-hmm. currency. You've got the Susan B. Anthony uh is it the dollar or the quarter? It was a uh, uh, dollar. Yeah, uh, the gold dollar. Yeah. Uh, to go along with the Sacagawea mm-hmm. gold dollar uh, as different ones that have been released uh, throughout the last you know couple of decades. And, of course, it wasn't until, like we say, getting into the 20th century that any of this stuff was fully ratified 
And then once it was, it had to go through even more mm-hmm. political and legal, air quote, legal BS before it was finally ratif- ratified in the Constitution that women were fully given the right to vote. And then, of course, it had to change to be inclusive to women of color Mm -hmm. once all of that wound up taking place. So something that has been given given to, taken away, given to, taken away. You can do it if you live here. You can't do it if you live there. If you're a head of household, you can. But if you're not the head of household, you can't. If you're this, you're that, this, that, you know, so many different things. And finally, finally, somebody got it together enough after marches, parades, Mm -hmm. uh, protests, young women coming out of, you know, middle school ages, going into uh, high school, Mm -hmm. college and everything else. And then you've got uh, women who have actually gone and served their country. Yeah. During like World War One and yeah. stuff like that, coming back and still not having the opportunity to be able to make like, their I could, voice I heard. Could have died for this country. Why can't I vote on? Right, it? and then it took something of that nature to where somebody was finally like, yeah, you know, if they do have, you know, absolutely, if they are willing enough to to lay down their life for this country to make sure that we are able to to maintain the the freedoms and mm-hmm. and stuff liberties that that we enjoy then then by gosh they should be able to have their voice heard whenever decisions are made on how this country is operated agreed unfortunately of course we all know that in this situation it really doesn't matter with between the electoral college and and the popular vote which still i don't think any of that stuff makes a hill of beans in any capacity whenever it comes to an election i don't care which side yeah. Even if you're independent or libertarian, whatever, really matters. It, it's it's chosen, appointed by someone other than yeah. a majority of the people. It, it, it's like okay, we're. <laughs> it almost seems like the the uh, a form of of control. Yeah. And okay, they've been if we give up them, in arms and and making so much stink. Of, uh, they have a choice, or right, or the illusion ha- of choice. Yeah, they have. They make a change. They make, and they 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 affect something. Then they'll shut up. Right. Yeah. If only we were given the illusion of choice with taxes. I don't know. Just to make it seem like we're not getting bent over as bad as we are whenever mm-hmm. it comes to that stuff. It's it's sad to think that while yes we have made it as far as we have in a couple of hundred years mm-hmm. well I mean something that's been uh, uh, centuries now in the making yes um, finally within the last couple of hundred years has has come to a realization but it it seems like it's like taking a a, a bottle away from a baby mm-hmm and they're going to sit there and whine and fuss and cry and whine and fuss and cry, whine and fuss and cry until you give them the bottle. And as soon as you give them the bottle, they're out like a light because they've wasted and expended all that energy mm-hmm. in fighting and fussing for the bottle that as soon as they get what they want, they're content, happy, and no longer a, 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 a fuss, a worry yeah. of any kind whatsoever. Yeah. Men advocating for women, and of course, women advocating for themselves. 
for so long for that it was finally given but it, it unfortunately it, it seems like it's still nowhere near it it doesn't seem like it is still nowhere near enough to view women in the light that they should be viewed in yeah see the weird thing is Tennessee was actually the 36th state we were the 36th state to ratify so we were at that time down the list rather rather down the list which we tend to be about a lot of things <laughs> some reasons good some, some reasons, reasons good, not so some much reasons not so good but there was actually when i was reading a little bit about it an influx in tennessee of anti-suffrage women women who lived in the tennessee, bible belt in the Bible Belt that believed they didn't have the right to, they didn't need the right to vote or because, didn't want it. Didn't because it. they had ingrained in their brains so much, only a specific mm-hmm. piece of scripture out of the Bible that says that the woman is supposed to be submissive to the man yes. just as we are supposed to be submissive to God. But they don't want to include the later part of that mm-hmm. that says that the man is also to respect the woman as the nurturer yes. the giver of life and everything else it's a yin and yang yeah but the men only want to talk about the yang and don't want to bring yeah. in the yin to yeah. it and most of these anti uh suffrage women that lived in tennessee were within the bible belt and that's probably that's that's why oh I they're st- like oh no 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 we don't we don't because I if you do it by the bible then we don't still i still have knowledge of people from where I'm from in South Carolina that full-fledged 100% still operate under that mentality. Really? It's 2024, for yeah. Christ's sake. And you're still operating under that type of mentality? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you, you, you mean to tell me that you would rather sit there and be verbally belittled and berated by a masculine figure and and not just sit there and be like, uh, uh, give them all Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. double decker, middle finger salute, yeah. and you know, deuces, adios. Yeah, you would but rather I, be belittled and. I I do know, however, that in this instance, and and with the way uh, uh, film cinematography has portrayed uh, um, throughout history, the the fact that that women have been brainwashed to believe that they can't mm-hmm. uh, almost bringing it into a Stockholm syndrome because yeah. I know that we've had a couple of uh, uh, ladies that have worked here mm-hmm. to where they have claimed to be in not necessarily a physically abusive relationship but you know verbally mentally abusive relationships and and the the thing is like you have a support system around you that would allow you to get out of mm-hmm. that, but why don't you leave? And it comes back to the the uh, Munchausen or yeah. Stockholm. Yeah. To where they have just... They've become dependent on that person despite... Knowing that it's... Knowing that it's yeah. it's a detriment to them. The, one that, the one that sticks out in discussing that it, it's heartbreaking because like you said there was such a support system around them yeah here and here we would hear about all the stuff right but at the end of the day 
what is it? Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but, but you can't, you can't make, make them drink. drink. So, yeah, it's absolutely still in 2024 ingrained in a lot of society, not just women, but in men. And, and in this particular person, I mean, to listen to them talk about their family upbringing, that's 100% the case. Absolutely. And they thought that that was, at least in what I understood from the conversations and the stories that I were I was told, that they wanted to get out of their yes. home for those reasons and yes. jumped right into, into that situation. <laughs> that situation with a non-parent but a, a loved a, a different kind of relationship yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's crazy here in the south <laughs> and in, on this in this country and on this planet it's just uh it's why uh and of, someone who if i may be as bold to say would have no issues or no problems whatsoever being able to go out and find someone to no. to someone Absolutely. else to date in absolutely. any capacity absolutely to to find someone Sweetheart that would be more thing. you know and to take care of them and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's actually, you found some studies that have linked uh, women's suffrage to subsequent economic growth. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the fact that now women were able to vote on certain things, especially uh, economic rise and mm -hmm. or uh, uh, recession in any different type. Um, now that there was more of a voice and these women that were actually working in these different industries, once they felt that they had a voice, it, it improved productivity. Um, there was more um, consumer mm -hmm. uh, um, aspects for women. More things started being marketing directly towards women mm -hmm. because they had more of a voice and you would see more advertisements. After all of this stuff had gone down, it was while still taboo in a sense to to do advertisements or talk about certain things yeah uh concerning uh uh the female yeah. you know lifestyle anatomy whatever the case may be you started seeing more of these things so therefore i mean it generated jobs to be able to manufacture these products it generated jobs to create what was the uh becoming of department stores mm -hmm. Um, women had a lot more variety of things made available to them mm -hmm. because these different things, people were realizing that this, that women were a driving force in the economy because they are able to, or, or more, more inclined to go out and, and make these types of purchases. Please do not, <laughs> please do not compare this to the phenomenon that is now the pink Stanley cups, that's a completely different type of thing. And yeah. yes, women are having a positive impact in this yeah. capacity on the economy in going out and buying these things. It was more sensible purchases. It, it allowed things like feminine hygiene products yes. and stuff like that to become mainstream and women didn't have to worry about, oh, this is something that I can't talk about or mm. that I don't, you know, I can't. Uh, discuss with anybody or, or I have to have this special section of a store to where everything's blocked off to be able to go purchase this or I actually have to go to a doctor to be prescribed something that I need as far as this. I can't just go down to the store. And then the fact that they, you know, at one point in time in, in world history, 
One woman couldn't even go to the store to buy anything. Yeah. And and throughout yeah. all this stuff, I mean, now it's gotten to a point to where, thankfully, yeah, I mean, some people don't even want to get out anymore. They just rather yeah, order just something order and have it delivered. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just so many different uh, economical benefits since women were given the full-fledged ability to vote. And also because women definitely have a more in tune sense of the emotional state mm-hmm. and and what is necessary to provide uh, um, a, a more stable and and healthy home state yes the the um, advancement the women's suffrage being able to vote and women's rights has also increased the welfare state mm-hmm. uh, of individual townships, communities, uh, states, county states, country, uh, just expanding, and less conflict in between. Yeah. Uh, um, like interstate conflict. Who's it? Uh, uh, George Carlin, mm-hmm. whenever he talks about war, yeah. they have bigger <laughs> than us, bomb them. Yeah. I mean, that's like anything can start a conflict between a couple of guys or between a, a nation led by men. But if you have a woman, what's got you mad? Yeah. Let's, let, hold on a second. Let's 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 try to figure this out real quick instead of, you know. Yeah, and that's oh, one of the things that's They have oil, I want it. It's always one of the things that have made me laugh in these arguments on why we don't need women leaders or women presidents and all that. It's like, well, they'd get emotional and start a war. Who started the wars up until now? <laughs> Not a woman. Nope. Men. So that that out. No, I mean there could have been. So, albeit, albeit there could have been a couple of wars. I mean, uh, 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 maybe in Sparta. What's what's her name? <laughs> uh, the face that launched Cleopatra. The yeah. face that launched a thousand yeah. ships. Yeah. Wars have been fought over women. Over women. Yes. But not. But a conflict directly, literally, you know, the last, instituted by all the wars we've had in this country and as world wars. Oh, when, it's women all didn't start those. No, you have a resource that I don't have, Absolutely. and I want. Wars bomb them. started over religion or money. Yeah, primarily money. Oh yeah, and it has nothing to do with gender, like, power. So that that very very fallible argument has always made me laugh whenever I see it. Like on the news or hear it from someone's mouth, I'm just like, God, that's such a fallible argument because they haven't started a war yet. <laughs> we have. The, the, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this as a, as a legend, because of the impact that it has had here in Tennessee and uh, not just in Tennessee, but ar- around the globe, because we have since seeing women being able to vote we have not just in our country but in our state individual i might have agreed with some of them i might have disagreed with some of them women leaders house of representatives senators legislative people women-led businesses one of the most one of the most famous things today on social media especially if you're a sport a sports and athletics fan is barstool sports yeah and one of its high up chair people is a woman and she's leading this thing now granted the one of the other chair people that's 
on media constantly, the big Michigan fan that's been showing his ass the last few weeks. Uh, <laughs> don't judge Barstool on him. <laughs> right. Judge all the great stuff that she's having Barstool do. Um, but, I mean, you know, I really firmly believe that this this started with this women's suffrage movement. Is now, like you said, we don't just have women being marketed things on TV. We had women being like, well, now if they can vote, I need to start, I need to start mm-hmm. appealing to the women. And it has now made not just politicians, but men in general, for the most part, there are your outliers and your extremists and all that, more um, apathetic to women. Mm-hmm. And the needs of them and and more of a partnership is being grown between men and women now granted you you see on the extremist outlets both on both political parties or in an snl skit or whatever you're always going to see the inappropriate negative aspects of him versus her oh yeah yeah yeah. no matter where you're at but for the most part this Movement, this women's suffrage movement, if it didn't happen, what makes it such a legend in my eyes, if it didn't happen, we We would probably have already been in, uh, uh, have had World War Three, Four, or Five by this point. Probably. Most likely. Um, and I firmly believe that. Uh, as, as a man, <laughs> I firmly believe that. I mean, I just, uh, I, I, think that we yes it's taught in school we learn about it in our history books every march is women's month and we have things that celebrate and there's things that are shown on tv and we go through the motions and it's like yeah we gotta give them their their month or their props or blah 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 but i i, I still think that we don't discuss this enough today what women have had to go through just to get to where they are today. Yet, despite all the positives and all the things that have been done to progress the the position of women, not only within the household, within mm-hmm. the country, we are still having to deal with men trying to tell women how they need yes. to live their lives and take care of their bodies. Old man trying to tell women. We're st- I mean, that's and that's the thing that I'm... I'm trying to hint at is like but we're still in 2024 at this place mm-hmm. like yeah we've come far something that has been centuries in the making mm-hmm. is still not completely St- figured exactly. out or gotten it's anywhere still, near where it they're should still be fighting. yeah they're still fighting for equality in, in multiple aspects whether it's in work uh, body autonomy whatever Quick question for you and for anybody listening. How many men do you think would have given up any kind of fight on that particular subject at this point or by this time? <laughs> I personally know I'd have given up quickly. I'd have probably been like, hmm, no. provided Provided you were given the gift of immortality and and you wanted to to fight something, mm. this, the Dude, women as, as a woman as diets. an entity. So. Yeah. Woman as an entity, as a, as a, you know, yeah. uh, uh, um, never going to die, mm-hmm. as eternal life, as an entity, has been fighting this battle, this war, mm-hmm. for centuries. 
if a man was in the same place, how long do you think it would have taken for them to be like, you know, you know what, dude, this, this isn't. And, and that same, that same type of tenacity, that same type of Mm -hmm. attitude would be used in a political office in a, a, uh, higher rank military status in, you know, a business as a CEO. Absolutely. I mean, the company that we work for, owner operator, female. Yes. A and this has been a very successful business. A very successful business. A strong, successful female. And I mean, I personally, like, I think a lot of my mentality has to do with my mom. She's a strong, successful female. Yeah. And raised being raised by a strong successful female a smart strong capable successful female has made me the way i am today um and and I, that all started with this this group this movement this slow burning thing that started in greece and then once it became came to the modern era these women fighting for just such a small thing to us as the right to vote because we've had it our entire lives. Right. We've you turned 18, the, you know. The, the general populace of man has always been able to do it. Right. From the dawn of time. From cavemen to, to Adam to, to Cain and Abel to whatever you, you think is the beginning of time. We've never had to fight for that right. We've always no. had it as man. A birthright, yes, as you, a if birth you will. Right. So, this fight that started so long ago with just women's suffrage in general has, and then to an, to a point, like we said, is still going on today. Has paved the way for such amazing change, not just in our planet and in our country, but in our state. So I, I felt, I mean, we feel that this was something we definitely absolutely need to talk about. Um, not just in March when it's commercially right to talk about it. Every day, every week, every month, every year, these kind of th- conversations need to be had and these kind of things need to be celebrated. We're going to stop that right here. If you're a Patreon member, we're going to continue to talk into a little bit more detail about women's suffrage and its impact on things. And yeah, we're going to get into specific religions specific, and women's suffrage. Yes. But if you're not a Patreon member, we're stopping here. So thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. And check us out on tldstudio66.com. Stay kind to yourself. Stay kind to others. And as always, cheers to you, legends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. 
You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.